Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast was brought to you by Dragon Shield. Check out the affiliate link down below to help support the show. Welcome back to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. And this week, we are going to actually be doing topics from a hat. <laughs> this is a nice quality hat you can get from playtowinmtg.com slash bonfire or however the fuck you get to it well yeah you can you get it at bonfire but you get to bonfire you can get to bonfire through our website, through the website. that's the best MTG. way to get there yeah i'd show you the logo better but there's a ton of scenes jingling around in this hat yeah we have a couple different topics we're talking about today some from patreon some just little things that we want to talk about we're just gonna bang them all out yeah so um i guess we're gonna get started the first thing that i pulled out of this hat yeah on my invisible scroll here <laughs> it says what are the best cards from commander masters from commander masters in cedh great way to f- structure that sentence first of all yes let me just by say. repeating three of the words <laughs> halfway <laughs> through really so everyone can really hear what you're saying but we're making sure we know the topic <laughs> yeah yeah we we wanted to originally do a whole podcast on commander masters but Honestly, there's just not enough to talk about. We could talk about the cool reprints, but they don't really add anything to CDH or the meta, which is stuff that I would like to talk about. Just new art. There's That's just new really art it. and more accessible ways to find them. Hopefully, it brings down the prices overall. Um, but there are a couple cards that we can talk about. Yeah, there are a couple new cards I wanted to focus on. Uh, we're going to talk about Gruff Rewrites History first. I'm not sold this one is going to... Is this a dog? For some, I feel like Gruff should be a Gruff name of a dog. Gruff is a dog, it yes. Is dog. And Rewrites History is the name of the book about the dog. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, it's a children's book featuring the, the lovable Gruff. I feel like some of this isn't true. None of it is true. Okay. <laughs> What actually is this card? Because I don't know. I've never seen this. You've never seen this. Can you give it to me? Yeah, Yeah. let me hear it for the first time. This is two and a red for an instant. For each player, choose target non-enchantment, non-land permanent that player controls. Those permanents owners shuffle them into their libraries. Each player who controlled one of those permanents exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card. Then puts the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. Each player may cast an online card they exiled without paying its mana cost. So this does a lot of different things. Yeah. This is a combination of Wild Magic Surge and Chaos Warp, but it multiplies it for every player. Including yourself? Including yourself for yeah. each player. At first, it kind of reads like it might be a polymorph effect, but it's really not because it doesn't, if you get rid of a creature, it doesn't go until you hit another creature. So you like can't guarantee you get a tight spot tyrant out of this. You just go until you hit a non-land, right? Another non-land. Yeah, yeah. another non-land card. Now, you can't choose an enchantment to flip to get rid of and flip into something else, but you can flip into an enchantment and oh, then get that. Yeah, to what stay. are the actual things you can hit again? So you can target 
any non-enchantment, non-land permanent. Oh, it's so artifacts it specifically and creatures. says non-enchantment. I don't know why it just doesn't say artifacts. Cre- okay, I guess I because guess, then it would have to say artifacts, creatures, planeswalkers, and battles. Yeah, now there's battles, so it's yeah, they're, easier they're to say for this. the future if they make another card type too. Good point. Yeah, and then the other part is that you can go get a non-land card, so any instant or sorcery counts as something you can go get too. Which means if they flip into a counter spell, they can't really do anything because there will be nothing on the stack for it to target. That's true. I'd like your verbiage there too. Flip instead of get. I said get. I like not you get. saying flip because flip get implies tutor. a tutor. Yeah, yeah it's not exactly. a tutor. It's a reveal until you hit. To but me, you that's get. a flip. Yes, yeah. you can cascade into something. This that, card's see, it's four mana. That to me, first off, that it's shouts, three mana. It's three. I thought you said four. No, interesting. it's two and a red for an instant. Two and one red. Yeah, all those things hmm. do kind of sound pretty interesting. I three mana. This is yeah. This is worth considering. I think. Here's the problem with wild magic surge is that you always hope that you don't flip into something that's worse for you. Yeah. So you do have to make sure that you target something very specific what i don't like about this card is that it amplifies the chances of something going wrong for two other players now too yes that's true however you're dealing with so many permanents that it's it's bound to still be better for you after this has gone off since the types of things that you can flip into are so varied it kind of also increases the chance that they hit a dud off of the top of their library but they're gonna hit something they're gonna hit a spell and I don't know. It's it's rough, man. You there's like you said, like there you can hit three different player stacks pieces and think you're good to go. And then what if you hit three bigger things? You can make it all worse. I've, Another stacks piece I've, comes into play. Yeah, I've played Wild Magic Surge. I've gotten completely blown out by it because I flip into something even worse. It really only this type of effect I think is only good at like stopping a combo because yeah. no matter what they get, as long as they not they don't have an underworld breach, who cares if they have something else? They're not winning the game. Whereas if getting as getting rid of stacks pieces, this type of effect I don't love for that and a one from each permanent to me that's a removal spell that you want to get rid of a couple of different stacks pieces not stop a combo so for that reason i don't know if i pick this a lot I, I don't, don't know. know if I would pick this over Wild Magic Surge. Yeah. The being cheaper on Wild Magic Surge and having less of a chance to screw me over definitely incentivizes me to go in that direction here. I agree. Uh, however, I also get to target something on my side and then flip into something else too. So it's not like I'm yeah. I'm not getting any value off of this. That's true. You could hit something like a Mana Dark that you don't need yeah. anymore or something and hit guy like a Rhystic. Yeah, there, there are things that you can benefit yeah. off of this. I but. don't like that it doesn't hit Underworld Breach though. Like yeah. normally you want something like this to be able to you deal to with s- the underworld exactly. breach combos yeah i think yeah overall this one's not going to be a pick but in certain mono red decks and low color decks if you're copying this maybe this is something that crocker and sakashima wants and just like completely disrupts the board at all times that you could can, be really interesting i don't know i feel like every red or blue spell that does something silly crocker and sakashima probably could use is it best i don't know yeah but maybe like, like we said there's not really a lot of cards that are in the set that piqued my interest for cedh but that one just has a lot of interesting words on it that made me go yeah Huh. We don't really have something quite like this. Not something that hits multiple permanents like not that. Not at this rate, no. Yeah, not at three mana. So, yeah, it's interesting. Let's talk about Skittering Cicada next. Yes, give it to me. Is this a bug? It's an insect. Yeah, creature insect. Yeah, it's three mana, and it has flash, mm-hmm. and it's a 2-2. Two, two. Three mana, flash, 2-2. Two, two. What color? No color. No color. It's just three mana for a colorless creature insect. Three generic mana. Three generic mana. Is it an yeah. artifact? Uh, no, it's Not just a creature. Attack. Okay, yes. continue, sorry. You may cast colorless spells as though they had flash. And whenever you cast a colorless spell until end of turn, this cicada gains trample and gets plus X plus X, where X is the spell's mana value. 
Interesting. So I feel like that last part is not what we're looking at in CDH, but no. this is another impression of Shimmer Mirror. Yeah. We were just talking about Zer on the podcast last week, I think, probably. Um, Zer getting another way to find that Shimmer Mirror effect, that way to get a whole bunch of artifacts in play and win in the end step after you necro for a lot. It's pretty interesting. I like that that Zer gets another one. I already think that Zer is a little bit underrated. Maybe this is another piece of the puzzle that pushes it to get to a little closer to tier one. I don't know. What do you think about this one? I definitely agree. I think there is a tipping point, though, where you don't want to play too many of yeah. this effect because then you're just diluting your deck with other stuff that you need that's you, true you only need to find one of these flashers you don't need to oh i don't like calling them that <laughs> <laughs> yeah flasher seems yeah, like I uh, don't, something in a parking lot yeah, right? let's not call them that you only need one of these creatures with uh, flash things that give stuff flash that's a really unfortunate name i can't think of anything else now when i yeah, hear what would that be word than just the, yeah they're the flash enablers cast, flash enablers uh, that's a, that's a Still, giving people the Enabler, ability to yeah. flash that's even worse <laughs> okay <laughs> creatures that allow you to cast things at instant speed yeah a nice God. long safe way to say that <laughs> yes um i think there is definitely a tipping point where you don't want to play too many of them because now your deck sucks yeah i agree i agree but i don't know if we're at that point yet probably Honestly, not i i think four that is probably where you want to be i would say probably either between three or four because ideally you're drawing a third of your deck right so if you have one of them in each third of your deck, you can't go wrong. If you have 40, great math, number one. <laughs> uh, if you have four of them and you're drawing 30 cards, say out of the Necro, yeah. but say you've already seen like 10 cards out of your deck, what's four out of 40? That's 10? Is that 10%? That's one out of 10, yeah. Or is that 100%? No, four out of 40? Four out of 40 is 10%. Yeah, you you divide it and then it's one out of 10, that which seems I'm pretty sure really is 10%. Low. Yeah, that is 10%, yeah. That seems really low. Wait, is, is that your math on the f that you and would find this? Out of 40 this? cards, and there's four of this card in your deck. But no, that's not the math at all. Because the math is there's four out of 100, and then... I shouldn't there's, have even started. I shouldn't have even started trying to talk about that. That's the thing, right? Math. There's four out of 100, and then when you look at 40 of those cards, you have a... We should it's call it Tyler. It's not a 10% <laughs> chance, but I don't know how else to explain what it is. We'll, we'll ask Tyler. We'll okay. put we'll put we'll put a little we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> this card is good maybe in Shimmer Mirror. Outside of that, not playable at all, one would say. Exactly. And that will end the Commander Masters <laughs> cards for CEDH portion. That's of all the we podcast. have. There's a yeah. lot of not a lot of, but there's a couple other cards that I think are great for casual commander, big oh, flashy boy, oh boy, commanders. Yeah. If you like sagas and if you like planeswalkers and colorless stuff and slivers there's a lot of great stuff for that i'm not positive much of that will make its way into cdh some of the colorless stuff did seem interesting to me maybe it go goes in what's it called it's not urza's battlethopter it's battlethopter liberator. Liber it's liberator urza's battlethopter yeah some of them maybe go in that but probably not i that would deck, hope i was I hoping from i was talking to a couple friends of mine about this i was kind of hoping that there'd be more like removal like more interaction options from colorless but i get why they don't want that outside of a massive colorless wrath yeah is because you don't want to give every single deck access to a two mana deal four damage spell i think they could have done kind. some removals that require the colorless pips though that some more like spatial contortion kind yeah. of deal because that's the 
only card that does something like that. Yeah, we didn't get much like that in those commander products, did we, though? I didn't see much. No, but if you want to cascade a couple times. Many when you, times. Yeah, you can do that instead. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think that's going to come close to the... I don't really want to do that no, in No, I was kind of hoping that maybe there would be some stuff that would, like, push either, like you said, Liberator or, like, the big Kozilek. Yeah. The one that draws... I mean, maybe the there will. Draws, I, they all draw cards. Yeah, eventually we'll get to a point where there's just enough colorless stuff where you can overvalue the table. I don't know if we're there yet, but it doesn't seem like it to me. Maybe someone else will figure out how to do it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but that's basically the, the first topic, so I'm going to reach into our hat and yes. pick another topic. Let's then. go to the next topic. Okay. Uh, it just says MTG accessibility. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, I guess we're just going to take this and run with it. All right. Because I know I've heard a lot about... There being some grumblings about like how expensive this set is in particular, yes. reprint value from more expensive precons not being you know what players are looking for, which I can't blame them. If you're yeah. gonna bump up the price, it's hard to say, hey, I'm also gonna lower the reprint value that's gonna come from it too. Yeah, it sucks. I feel like in one breath, Wizards is trying to say magic is for everybody. We want everyone involved. But if your products are seventy dollars, a lot of people can't afford that. That's like, no. you know what I mean? Like that's that makes it your message is kind of confusing. You're saying one thing and doing another thing. I feel like that's kind of frustrating to a lot of players, especially players who have been in it for a while. And we saw when Commander decks were like 30 bucks or something like like we've we've watched them inch up over time, over time. And then we've watched Hasbro say, this is the most money we've ever made. You know what I mean? We've smashed all our records and like, yeah, but like we're we're doing that. It's our own fault. Right. We keep yeah. Buying we keep buying them that it, they keep but... coming out with. But if they're going to keep printing good cards, I'm going to keep buying them. Yeah. But that's uh, why I kind of like the whole proxy thing. And that's yes. one of my favorite parts about CEDH in general is just yeah. the availability of being okay to proxy cards. Yeah. And I don't get me wrong. I love owning magic cards. Like I do, like I, I give in. I love as for my decks. I love collecting over time, but there's no need to spend all that money on a deck right away. You know what I mean? I always, you always proxy first and then you just fill in the cards as you go. You pick them up as you move along and you buy them at your own speed that you feel comfortable with. Not when you feel pressure to, because wizard says, Ding, ding, ding. Time to buy. You know what I mean? Like, don't. Every three months or every right. two months or something Every month like there's a new set. I feel like yeah. literally the moment that spoilers start, stop, the next Monday there is a new spoiler season right away. There's always exactly. product coming out every single month. As we're talking about these Commander Masters cards, we already have seen some cards from the new Eldraine set that yeah. I'm not going to talk about now because we'll save that for the set review. But, like, oh, yeah. there, it's just perpetually sets that are coming out and this is normally not something that we talk about too much but God, honestly for us it's a, a good thing specifically because we're content creators oh, for me and you for, yeah uh, you oh, and i cameron and dylan it actually works out there's always shit for us to talk about there's always cards for us to make decks on there's always stuff for us to do but for your common magic player it i understand how it can definitely feel super overwhelming yeah it's i mean it's one of those things where you just got to end up focusing on what you can focus on right proxy what you can't end up being able to pick up you know certainly pick up what you can i would recommend but um that's again it's just new art to proxy that's right. what these reprint sets yeah, are yeah and, so. and i don't know if it's just like uh, an old man yelling at how the uh, the people are doing things nowadays uh, of me that was a weird way of me to say i don't know if i'm just like old and i'm nostalgic for how things used to be but but when we were in Innistrad for a full year, when we were returning to Ravnica for a full year doing a bunch of sets, I felt like immersed in those sets. I remember those times of my lives because my lives like I'm a cat I have many I remember those times of my life because like that was a full year I was 26 I remember what was going on yeah. I was 22 I remember what was going on but when the sets are so rapid fire where they come out every other month they don't really hold any lasting meaning I don't remember what my life was going on when that set came on because there was a set a month before it and a month after it and there was no 
separation yeah, right? between them. Like you could, oh, I got my heart broken when Magic <laughs> Origins came out. Right. And like you, you have all these things that like you can pinpoint to f- because of how long those sets were. But now like you can't sit there and go like, oh, well. There's you no know, nostalgia for those there's sets. There's no nostalgia like, yeah, for yeah. them. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because, again, my, the nostalgia that I have for the game is from when we started. Which is 12, you know, almost 13 years ago at this point now. God. But I know. Fucking Christ. <laughs> um, but like I'm sure that like nostalgia is going to look different for people that are starting the game much later than we did. Your, and my thing, yeah, your favorite set is always the, the first set that you played with. It's always the first set that you played with. And you'll always remember that. And I think that just because we also have had 12 years of additional sets that have come out since we started playing. So it's just more and more and more shit that we have to remember. Yeah. And at some point, the more shit that gets crammed into the front of my brain, the more stuff comes out. And it's always like... When my bills are due, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're losing important information yeah. for the new Lord of the Rings magic cards. Family birthdays and yeah. shit like that <laughs> flies out of my head. This is why we don't remember how to pronounce the cards. Because if I remember how to pronounce one thing, that's a family birthday I forgot. <laughs> yes, exactly. I have to, some things I have to sacrifice right, and make yeah. room for. Yeah. But this kind of also brings us to the reserve list. And we actually got a topic from Stormageddon um, that I just pulled out of the hat here, too. Right. One of our. This is a very important prop that we're. Using it's a magical episode. hat, it and is. the one that you get at bonfire.com is also magical. Yes, uh, mine turned a snowman to life. <laughs> <laughs> Storm again, being our hundred dollar patron that submitted a topic for us to talk about in the podcast as part of their what well, pick your perk you pick the you perk. pick the perk right yes, it's, it's the a wine system then. yeah <laughs> i can't even remember the name. Okay, they were thinking about the reserve list and how the reserve list impacts competitive EDH too. And I thought this kind of goes hand in hand with accessibility as well because the reserve list is known for housing most of Magic's most expensive cards in the game. Especially for like uh, CDH. I feel like all yeah. the duels, the guys, cradles, a lot of the exp- all of the expensive cards are on the reserve list. Besides well, reserve list, list, I have a list. Basically of them. everything else I think is like under $100. Like- yeah, so for those who might not know, the reserve list is a list of cards that are, that were printed towards the beginning of Magic's life where wizards of the coast has basically verbally agreed that they will not reprint any of these cards because of collector values right which is a a stupid thought because (laughs) like a bunch of these cards aren't worth jack shit so who gives a who gives one about what some of these prices are yeah at the time i think a lot of players were upset when revised came out and all of their dual lands that they thought would be worth fifty dollars forever got you know reprinted and now they were only worth thirty dollars or something i mean i wasn't there so this is just hearsay no it's just a bunch of gatekeepers in the 90s who didn't like that everyone else had access to their cards that was when the cards were worth like 50 to 100 to 200 dollars not when they're worth 10 20 30 40 100 thousand dollars like times are different it's we lived in the now and we (laughs) don't care what things are like in the future yeah i I think it's kind of unfortunate i think they should be able to reprint all these cards and they get around it sometimes they did it from the vault with Mox Diamond, which oh, is on the reserve list. Get years around ago. is a way to phrase that because right. nobody was happy. There were very many angry people that were yeah. very upset when that was printed. Which is and I now mean, that version's even more expensive than the original Mox Diamond yeah. because of it. Which is interesting because like people were afraid that reprinting would drive down prices, but like they're a collectible company with years of experience and they've seen a whole bunch of other collectible companies do stuff. Like they know how to reprint shit while keeping your old shit 
it's valued. You know what I mean? Like an alpha black Lotus is always going to be worth a billion dollars, whether you print that card or not. I mean, if at a certain point, if you reprint it, but they're not going to do that. They're going to reprint it in ways that can give you an option to buy the cheaper black Lotus, but yeah, still keep the other one expensive. I think this is the perfect example of this. Let's talk about Imperial Seal. Now, this is not a reserveless card, but this was a card that was famously too expensive. $500. For being a worse yeah. vampiric tutor. That's ridiculous that it's so much. So they reprint it last year in Double Masters 2022. Currently, I'm looking at TCG Player. There's 170 listings as low as $63.70 for the Double Masters version. Nice. The Portal 3 Kingdoms version has 21 listings as low as, which means the second I click on it, that number is going to skyrocket, as low as $944.99. So that one actually went up. The that one, one that people were collecting up. went up. Because yeah. I remember it being $500 and saying, that's out of my price range. I can't buy an Imperial Seal. But you can get one for $60 now. Exactly. Like, like that, This is the uh, perfect scenario. Like that, That's what would happen with a lot of the older cards. The same fucking thing. Yeah, and I, I know this is one card, and this was a great cherry-picked example made right. by me. <laughs> yeah. right? And we are not MTG Finance. We don't know not what the fuck we're talking all. about. This is just what we're guessing based on Magic. In fact, I've lost a ton of money on Magic. So <laughs> time. I'm not giving out any advice. I'm just saying what it seems like should be factual evidence <laughs> for why we should be getting more reprints. And don't talk to me about small sample size because I don't know what those words mean. This is proof. What's a small sample size? I don't know. Let's move on. This is massive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, I, I think a lot of these cards are definitely worth reprinting for the mass and for the longevity of the game. But another thing that kind of fixes this issue with the reserve list is proxying. Proxying. That's true. Again. Yeah. It's not about your wallet. I don't care about your wallet. I want to play against your wallet. I want to play against you. I want to play with powerful cards. That's also a very important aspect. I don't want to lower my deck's power level because I can't afford a time twister. Right. Let's just print time twisters. I completely agree. If Wizards isn't going to do it, God damn it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of Stormageddon's question was what if we didn't just proxy these cards? What if we removed them from Commander as another way to deal with the reserve list? What if we just kind of pseudo-banned banned yeah. all the reserve list cards from Commander? How would that change the format? How would it change the format? I'm not saying this is what we should do to no. the format, just how but this is a good thought experiment just now. Just use your yeah. brains a little bit and, feel, and think about what would change if we just banned all the reserve list cards. So the first thing that comes to my mind is all 10 of the dual lands are on the reserve list. Yeah, I think that will probably not be as big a deal as it originally initially seems. It sounds bad. It sounds yeah. bad, but I think between shock lands, five color lands, and a lot of the other fixers, most decks will be fine. I think some decks, like the five color turbo ad nauseum decks, they might suffer a little bit. Maybe Najila suffers a little bit. Yeah. The five color low to the ground, need to be able to fetch quickly, don't want to sacrifice two to four to six extra life throughout the game it, it might matter a little bit for those but not in a huge way it's if you ban these five lands and the jill is still going to be a great deck it'll just lose a little percentage well they'll lose the more colors you're in the more you'll lose Definitely. because when you had the ability to play all 10 duels and shocks now you're just down to all 10 shocks and you are playing a lot worse lands at that point then yeah to kind of make up for some of the other difference but yeah i, I see what you mean the life 
thing is the is the biggest aspect. I think I'm that's not the gonna have, issue. I'm not going to have problems casting my spells, but I will have a lot more life total issues, and I will have a lot more lands that deal me one damage when I tap them, too. Not only are you going to be relying more on the shock lands, but also that means that your secondary lands might be pain lands more often. The they canopy might be, lands, even, exactly, and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah. And it's not going to be a ton. It's just a couple of extra life, but it will add up. And for a deck who's really using its life as a resource, like Ad Nauseam decks... I think that'll make a little difference. Chains of Mephistopheles is another card that's on the reserve list. Yeah, a fucking awesome card, but I don't think it'll make a big difference in CDH if it gets banned. I think it lowers the stability of non-white but black stack decks because this is a very important card in a lot of those decks. Yeah, I but guess. But those decks aren't very good to begin with, so it's uh, not yeah. really going to do too much for you anyway. Nath would miss it a lot for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but besides that, not a big deal. Let's talk about some of the heavier hitters that we miss out on now. Cradle. Gaia's Cradle. This one's huge. This is a big one. Yeah, green decks just completely get so much worse now. I think uh, we I mean, we just talked about Gaia's Cradle in our Utility Lands podcast. We rated it as one of the highest, the strongest lands in the format, which it definitely is. It can be part of a combo piece. It can help you get a ton of extra mana. It can feed Thrasios activations. It does a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, without it, I definitely think green decks would lose a little bit of power. You also lose Lion's Eye Diamond. So the whole yeah. Underworld Breach combo thing. That's a huge one. That's not going to work out for yeah. you anymore. You can lotus petal but like that's so much worse it's definitely more difficult yeah lion's eye diamond missing lion's eye diamond is huge that one is a surprisingly powerful and i think necessary tool for a lot of storm decks yeah i definitely agree next card another diamond the mox diamond mox diamond this one's also huge this is one of the four core four artifacts like the um the core four the core four one of the main artifacts that's in every cdh deck basically every deck is going to want to play mox diamond so every single deck misses out on this the entire format slows down by a little bit without mox diamond for definitely sure. yeah i mean this is one of the best ways to be able to help power out your commanders much quicker so it really slows the whole format down without this yeah i agree Especially two-mana commanders really suffer from this the most, Thrasios and stuff like that. Your good wheels, you would also lose out on. Your Time Twister and Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, these ones, Time Twister is great because it can be a win condition, although that line is not used quite as much anymore once you have infinite mana and yada yada. But Wheel of Fortune also can be used as a win condition with Underworld Breach and stuff like that. Um, it shuts down. It, it really uh, mainly affects um, Opus Thief strategies, which aren't quite as prevalent anymore. Wheel strategies, is they're not quite as good when Flash Hulk isn't around as something that you want to kind of disrupt the hand so aggressively. Orcish Bowmaster, I think, also does make you want to play more wheels, helps you incentivize to go in that direction now that that's an option for you too. Um, but if we didn't have the reserve list, that'd be, you'd be stuck with Windfall and Winds of Change, and that's yeah. what you'd have to deal with. And Windfall can be great, but it can yeah. also be kind of lame. Sometimes it's only going to draw you five cards. Right. Sometimes it's going to draw you everyone 20. 13 cards. Yeah, exactly. So. But yeah, so it definitely, it, it, this is another hit to Storm strategies. A lot of what's in this reserve list, I think, are going to be hit at storm strategies because at the time the creatures on this list they just weren't very good you know what i mean they didn't make it this no. far into magic but some of the artifacts and the fast mana and the stuff like that that did make it and like the yeah honestly there's only two creatures that i noticed from the reserve list that actually do things um act, sorry three one of them is academy rector right which goes and gets you the protein hulk or it gets you an enchantment survival of yeah. the fittest it gets you it gets you ways to get the protein hulk it's neither of those cards no. that I said. No. It's uh, it's four mana and it has the stupid fish horse fucking thing. 
Pattern of Rebirth. There you go. You get Pattern of Rebirth, which gets you the Hulk. It's a, it's a, it slows down Hulk lines. Hulk is kind of dead at this point, so that doesn't do a ton. Although Hulk can still be very good. I don't mean like Hulk is not, you know, a great strategy. It's just a lot has been taken from Hulk. This so. is really only being seen in like the Minx decks that are the out Nia there. Ones, the yeah. Nia versions, yeah. And that's pretty much exclusively it. They would be bummed to see this card go for sure. Definitely, yeah. Baron Master Wizard is the second creature that's on the list here. Honestly, anything that uh, stops Dockside a little bit is fine with me i think i'm okay with this one being gone honestly I, I i just to reiterate i don't want any of these cards banned but anything that slows down dockside it's definitely just dockside's the strongest no card one's gonna format, notice so. it like except yeah. for yeah except for true. the non-green decks that want to combo with dockside like yeah. you're not gonna notice it and even then play lord dracus chain of vapor with it and that's too many cards well you don't have access to this so right. you got to do what you got to <laughs> okay, do yeah, then. Sure, yeah. Fair. and then the last creature is dwarven armorer which only sees play in magda oh. uh, <laughs> i'm like what the fuck is this but i noticed there was a magda dwarf that was on the list and i was like haha that's kind of funny yeah everything else i have on this list is like four specific decks like it's not going to see widespread play but there's going to be decks that are going to get worse i guess that's not necessarily true because there's yogmoth's will on this list too but that one was already usurped by underworld breach yeah as a couple decks still play it non-red decks still play it um but it getting banned definitely just it makes underworld breach better probably somehow <laughs> yeah uh, there's no survival of the fittest if there's no reserve list yeah that's another one another kiki pile another naya card that's a lot of naya decks really heavily rely on yeah and it's a shame it's a shame that like a lot of the things that are losing options are things that we don't need to be worse yes yeah that's true i feel like lion's eye diamond mox diamond are things that we like need to be worse but that's shuts you know down I mean, the whole format more yeah, that's as true. mox diamond, diamond so specifically yeah. yeah mox diamond specifically losing that shuts down the whole format more where i think uh, nobody benefits off that yeah null rod mm. is also on this list there's already two null rods that people are playing one of them they're playing more than null rod yeah so it's not the biggest loss but it's also sad yeah, I agree. I like Collect Youth a lot more in a lot of strategies, but um, yeah, this one would also suck for things like Blood Pod and our, and stack strategies. They, yeah. they they can rely on this a lot. And it makes Dockside better now that you don't have Null Rod in the exactly. format then, yeah. too. Intuition, the ability to set up this is huge. wins immediately. I think this would hurt. Wouldn't be around. Yeah, this would hurt Blue Farm quite a lot, actually. I think that deck over time becomes more yeah. of an Intuition deck than it becomes an Ad Nauseam deck, really. Honestly, um, pick a Jeskai deck, and it's kind of the same way. Exactly. Yeah, this is like a core win condition for one of the best lines in the format. Uh, Intuition getting Lion's Eye Diamond, Unworld Breach, Savine's Reclamation, being able to, with enough cards in your graveyard, win the game from there. Yeah. Losing that would definitely change the format quite a lot. The only other mana rock that's on this list is Grim Monolith, which isn't seen play in every single deck, but there's a lot of Crom decks and like commander decks that do have bigger commanders like Tivit and stuff that do want that extra burst of yeah. three generic mana. I would say Ad, ad Nauseam decks, this hurts the most. Definitely. Uh, yeah, like yeah. the ones that just need every little bit of extra mana, losing any of that can be pretty devastating. And again, then everything else that you know is on here is like very specific decks, like uh, Gitrog loses squandered resources, there's normal transmute artifacts for your mono blue or two color artifact decks, there's no Tabernacle of Pindrel Veil, which probably makes a lot of people happy. Um, there's no Nether Void, another Black Stacks piece that gets taken out of the format then too. So what happens then when we don't have 
Earthcraft and Corpse Dance and Bazaar of Baghdad. Like, where are we going to without these cards? Really, from, it, from what it seems, it seems like a lot of fringe decks would lose a lot of important pieces. Yeah, luckily, Thassa's Oracle and Demonic Consultation Loses would nothing. not be hit if we ban yeah. all the reserve list Lion's cards. Eye Diamond is normally important in that strategy. So is Mox Diamond, so is Grim Monolith. But the core strategy still is there. Intuition getting lost out of the four color piles is a stinker. But I, outside of that, Grixis lives on... I mean, Wheel of Fortune 2, that's not even true. There are a lot of things that kind of affect all sides of the format, to be honest. I think green takes one of the biggest hits here out of everything, because I think the Grixis color combination has enough that it doesn't necessarily need all of these pieces, but just having access to most of what they currently has allows them to stay relatively similar in the format and still be able to be based around Thoracle and Demonic Consultation. But you get to replace a dumb card like Brain Freeze with something better for you than maybe. Maybe, yeah. I mean, green loses its most powerful things. It loses Guy's Cradle and Survival of the Fittest. Survival of the Fittest might not be its most powerful thing, but certainly it helps set up one, one of its, its most, most powerful, powerful yeah, win, win conditions. Yeah. yeah. So I would say, yeah, green loses the most. I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Although all the colors lost a little bit, um, green is already the lowest uh, power level color, I think, in CDH right now, and it losing two of its strongest things means it takes the, it would take the biggest hit if this happened. While we're on the subject, what other colors do you think are taking the biggest hits here? I'm kind of thinking that black might be next, because taking a look at this, like Yawgmoth's Will is here, um, technically squandered resources, those two stacks pieces we talked about in Nether Void. So I think there's some decent stuff that's there. Fringe black strategies. Too. Yeah, fringe black strategies definitely lost a little bit, but I think the main black strategies, they get you still get to keep all your tutors and your rituals. Yeah, that's you lose, true. You keep your strength of the color. Red... Wheel of Fortune, that's one of your strengths of red, I think. So losing that really sucks. Guy's Cradle and Survival of the Fittest, those are your strengths of green. Losing that really sucks. For blue, I wouldn't really call Time Twister a strength of blue. It's no. an option that blue has, but it's not one of its strengths. You're, it's not like you're losing free counter spells or, or draw power or anything like that. Um, for white, did we even talk about any white we cards? We talked about Rector. The only oh, other, sure. The two other ones that drew my attention were abeyance just because it's a mono white silence that sometimes mono white decks play but it doesn't really see it play outside of that and then uh i said academy rector uh humility oh yeah like sure a, that's a, another a, fringe card though that's not one of white's strengths although no, maybe but it should be the decks that run humility use it as a linchpin of their deck so that's there true. are a couple like the tevish ishai man decks yeah. typically wouldn't be as good that's true i totally agree yeah but those decks i would say are, are pretty fringe-ish yeah no i definitely agree they're not the most popular because they all want to play creatures too so it's hard to right nullify yeah that's, all of that's them. The, the strength that their wizards is pushing for white recently is in creatures so losing yeah. those really sucks but with green currently being the weakest color in Isn't cdh weird? yeah losing out on the reserve list would just make green even worse. So you would, I think, end up pushing more into these non-green color combinations, even though you lose out on intuition and some of your other good combo pieces. Although losing out on intuition and LED just makes me go, I don't even want to focus on Underworld Breach anymore. Like, I think I would turn my attention to completely different avenues to combo with Thassa's Oracle and stuff you, like that. You know, I wonder if we lose things like Mox Diamond and Grim Monolith and things that speed up the format. I wonder if green does secretly get better because if the whole format oh. slows down by half a turn, that means that mana dorks can once again be fast enough because right now I think a lot of times mana dorks are kind of too slow. You have to waste one mana they do nothing and then you have to wait to untap 
at least the two mana artifacts, you can use them right away. So if the whole format slows down by half a turn, that means maybe green, its, it's resources are good enough to make it powerful again? As long as I'm you're not, not sure. As long as you're not trying to win with Earthcraft or Aluren, you know, you certainly or survival do. survival defeatist or yeah. Gaius Cradle. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, is a shame. Like, these are some of the best things you can be doing in this color combination, but... And we did just enter an Orcish Bowmaster world, so relying on mana dorks isn't something I'm super eager on doing yeah, right now. Yeah, me neither. What else do you think would be more powerful if we lost out on the reserve list? I don't know. It's hard to say so many things would change i feel like it's really difficult to say i mean every it seems like most strategies lose a decent amount um off the top of my head it doesn't seem like tivit loses much and tivit's already arguably one of the best commanders tivit probably gets pretty strong rogsai i feel like loses a decent amount rogsai losing mox diamond and lion's eye diamond and wheel of fortune and Time Twister is kind of a stinker. Those are all big things, a especially lot of big when cards. those decks have been pushing much more into the wheel strategies. Right. So I think things like Tivit get really good. I think um, Tivit also benefits off of uh, Null Rod being not there. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Tivit probably like, be would benefit the most out of this theoretical ban that I don't think should actually happen. Well, that's why it shouldn't happen. Is right. It's going to make Tivit even better. <laughs> A commander that we hate. <laughs> yeah, and we just can't have that. We spent so many episodes talking about how we don't hate any commanders, and we don't hate any decks, and then we do one episode. I don't. It's Tivit. not that I hate playing against Tivit. I like playing against it. I'm just confused as to why it's good. It that's, shouldn't be this that's, good. That's yeah. why I'm mad. I don't, I, I don't hate the card. I, I think the card, I mean, it's fine to play against. Yeah. I, I feel like I beat it pretty regularly. I'm just confused as to why everyone else is losing to it all the time. Why no one else can. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. I didn't want to talk about, like, any of the cards that are banned in Commander, like Recall and Black Lotus, because there's no point, really. Um, although that is the other thing that really heavily weighs the reserve list is the fact that the power nine is on it yeah otherwise the rest of the reserve list is just like a bunch of cards that were good in standard in the 90s when the game first came out or stuff like shiv and dragon it's just shiv. yeah it's just yeah, like right? powerful because it's it's expensive because it's iconic is all oh there's a lot of stuff that's on here man thank god we can't reprint demonic attorney and all these <laughs> any cards man yeah. what a what a bummer. What a shit that would be, yeah. But yeah, uh, that's kind of what I think about what the format would look like without the reserve list cards. To be honest, I like the way the format looks right now. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want it to cards. change in any way. Yeah, don't change. I love you the way that you are. I love Commander and I love CDH. Why would I want it to change? Nothing should change, ever. Honestly, dude, everything should remain the same all the time. Thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do that on Patreon, like our $100 patrons. Soul Cal, Acura, Stormageddon, Cool Bean Man, Luke Cook, Young Mox, AJ Albusabi, Demon of Rosgrees, Kawaja A. Kamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby G Bus. Hey, Baby G Bus, congratulations on your engagement, by the way. If you want to pick up any of our merch, you can do that at playtowinmtg.com. Um, what do I say now? Big shout out to Dragon Shield. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Make sure you use our affiliate link down below to pick up your products check us out on twitter tiktok and instagram for more content thank you for watching listening and supporting see you next time the $50 patrons, Kadonis, Lutri's Dad, Stashes, Mitchell Shepard, Justin, Man Solo, Nikola Marikovic, Steven Schlichty, TP 15 Pedro, Jacob Depp, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, Swampy McGee, David Nelson, and Jor Mags. Whew. Mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has the devil put aside for me. Beelzebub has the devil put inside of me. 
I, I don't think it's me? inside of you. Put the devil inside. Or is of just me. the nightman all I, of a sudden? I want the devil man inside me. <laughs> Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.